When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives and the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I hope you had a wonderful week. I still can't believe it's December and that the year is almost over. I feel like winter snuck in so, so quickly. I just want to stay at home and have the fireplace on and snuggle up with my dog and watch Housewives. And that's what I've been doing much of today. So I finally caught up in Miami. I didn't cover it in my conversation with Brett today because I was two weeks behind. I just feel like I've been so busy and I get tired and then I fall asleep at night when normally I try and stay up and catch the Housewives episodes when they come out. Uh, But I'm really loving Miami. It really feels like a breath of fresh air. It is less of the dynamic of the new cast versus the old cast. I really appreciate what Alexia is doing for the show, trying to build new friendships. And after meeting her at BravoCon, I actually believe she's being sincere. She was one of the kindest, nicest, most um, engaging people that I met throughout that weekend. And I truly am here for her and Julia's newfound friendship. Julia has always been one of my favorite housewives. I love that she's Russian and that she's married to Martina Navratilova. (laughs) This is the only fact that my dad knows about housewives is that Martina's wife is a housewife. (laughs) And it's just, it's, it's fun to watch. You know, seeing Julia practice opera and having no musical background, no, you know, singing background is absolutely incredible. The things that you need to be able to do with your voice in order to sing opera are so complex. And I just kudos to her for how much she practiced, for how happy she knew it would make Martina um, at the end of Martina's cancer battle and It was just such a heartwarming moment, and I really love that the women all come together for each other in these moments. Of course, Larsa hasn't exactly been there for Gertie in the right way, but everyone else really has been showing up for her. So Gertie tells Larsa that she has breast cancer and tells her, please don't share that information. It's confidential. And of course, Larsa goes and six hours later blabs it to everybody. And I get why Gertie is upset. And later when Gertie finds out that Larsa told everyone, she says it was a bit of a test. And I knew what she meant. It was, I'm going to see if Larsa is the kind of friend that I can count on. Can I tell her something in confidence and will she keep it confidential? Obviously, the answer is no. And I think 
Gertie is really sad and disappointed. And it's also because she's dealing with such a scary situation with, you know, having breast cancer, having to prepare for surgery, having to, you know, you know what's ahead, which is chemo and radiation. And that's a lot, right? So I feel like she's being even more upset than she would normally. But I 100% understand where she's coming from. And she does seem to be much more guarded and much more not closed off, but she only opens up when she feels safe. And so this is such a betrayal of her trust. And I kind of don't like that some of the women are telling her, oh, you know, Larsa, she was coming from a good place. Like, it doesn't matter what Larsa was coming from if what she did upset Gertie and telling her, oh, you don't need to get upset because you're sick. Like, even when you're sick, you get upset. You have feelings. <laughs> you can't just repress all of your feelings because you're you're sick. You're going to be sick for many, many months with this. Like, you can't not have emotion. So, you know, the one thing that I do agree with, though, in terms of telling someone how they should react or how they should be is I feel like the women are coming from a good place with regards to Lisa Hochstein and how much she talks about her divorce uh, to Lenny uh, or from Lenny. And I feel like they notice that it's problematic. They themselves are annoyed hearing about it. They feel like she's obsessed with talking about it. It consumes everything. It consumes her thoughts. It it consumes her conversations. And they also realize that she's with this really nice man. And they know that everyone has a limit. And they worry if all she does is talk about her ex to him and lean on him and you know what is he going to cut and run i don't know and when is she there for him right like that's what i want to know i know there's give and take in relationships and she's going through something very intense so he is clearly there for her but is she being a partner back it's kind of hard to when you're so focused on your own issues and your own troubles and what i will say if every single one of my friends was telling me in a different way the exact same thing mandy you're talking too much about this one thing or you're doing you know it's not great to hear. It doesn't, it's not fun. You don't want to think of yourself in that way, but you should listen to your friends and maybe see what you can do to try and change your behavior. It's really hard to do that overnight, but I, I think it's worth doing. Um, so <laughs> this is a hard pivot, <laughs> but I can't get over that Adriana did ketamine on television. <laughs> I know it was in a medical setting and that there is a body of evidence to support, you know, ketamine for people uh, for whom medication doesn't work or, you know, who are experiencing anxiety, depression, PTSD, all of that. Um, I do believe that I've known someone that's done this and she did it because she was not responsive to medication. And so this was sort of a, a next step. And um, I find it kind of funny that Adriana's like, I don't want to take medication, but here I'll take this experimental drug (laughs) and you can inject me four different times with it (laughs) and you can film me, (laughs) but like I won't take Prozac every day. (laughs) I I, I honestly love Adriana. Like this is very, um, it was a really interesting thing to watch and I appreciated getting to see it. 
it was wild the journey that she went on in such a what seemed like a short period of time where she felt elated and you know happy and floating and then she saw a vision of her brother and her father both of who had passed in the last year and I don't think because she's not a like quote unquote real housewife, she's a friend of, I don't feel like we've seen as much of her personal life. And so I don't know if I have just not been paying attention, but I forgot that she experienced these losses. And that's a lot of loss to have all at once, plus her divorce, plus becoming an empty nester. So she had people around her and all of a sudden she's alone, plus people that she's very close to in her immediate family have died. And that is very, very traumatic. And it's a lot to go through. And you could see that she was releasing so much emotion during the ketamine session that I was like, oh, this is actually really helpful. Because I bet this is what's inside her and she's not letting it come out. So it's coming out in these weird fights with Marisol. But what she really wants to say is the stuff that she was saying about her brother and just get that out there and and be able to find closure, um, as much closure, closure as a person can find with that. So I do think it was good for her. Um, what else? Okay. <laughs> I can't get over that Larsa like can't be away from Marcus Jordan for what five days she throws him a like welcome home party she wants to bring him on girls trips she won't hang out with Kiki without him like what is going on at Larsa like I just want to shake her and be like you're making no sense and you're being a really shitty friend to a lot of people I mean she's like oh you know I hung out with my girlfriends for five years. I'm done with that. Now I want to hang out with my boyfriend. It's not an either or. Okay, let's say you marry him and you guys eventually end up getting divorced. Who's going to be there for you? Not him. Your friends. And you should invest in your friendships, especially the friends that are single. And if you only are doing couples events, like I feel like Lisa does a better job of hanging out with her girlfriends without Jody than Larsa does hanging out with her girlfriends without Marcus. And it's not like Marcus feels the need to be around her all the time. I think he does because he likes being around her, but I don't think he needs it the way she does. It's almost like she doesn't feel whole unless he's there. It's very odd very odd behavior. And she's incredibly dismissive of everyone else's feelings. And I think, and this is what I think I've said before, but I do believe that Larsa can show empathy. I do believe she has it in her, but it's only related to experiences that she can relate to. So for example, Lisa Hochstein getting cheated on and having to go through a divorce. She's like, I'm sure she's been cheated on. And you know, she dated a basketball player. They're not exactly known for being faithful. And also, she's gone through a divorce. So that's something that she knows how shitty it is. And she, you know, maybe could think, oh, I remember what it was like for me. Let me be there for Lisa the way I wish people had been there for me. But when it's something that she can't relate to, like having breast cancer or wanting to keep something private, it, she just dismisses it as, you know, stupid. <laughs> And it's like, come on, Larsa. Like, you should be smarter than that. I, I believe she is. I do. Um, 
So at least, you know what, for all the complaints I have had about Larsa, my biggest one was that she wasn't showing her real life and that she was lying on camera. So she wasn't talking about the fact that she was dating someone. She was lying about all the things with her body, whatever. But now she actually brings Marcus on the show. She's showing us her real life. I do appreciate that. And, you know, it's bringing a lot of drama. But um, it certainly will be interesting to see how the reunion plays out because, it doesn't feel like anyone is on Larsa's side in this. I think they're afraid to say just how wrong she is, but everyone knows that she's wrong. And even at BravoCon, she didn't seem to want to take any accountability for anything and still said she was confused about things with Gertie, which, come on, girl, watch it back. It's pretty hard to be confused when you watch it. And then wanted to briefly touch on Winter House. So they filmed their reunion this week, which I believe is going to be shown on Watch What Happens Live. Really interested to see how that goes, because I don't think we've seen a Winter House reunion before. So <laughs> the main issue is that Danielle and Alex are hooking up, and she acted as if she wanted some casual fling. She even suggested at the beginning that he could go after another girl in the house, Jordan. And now she's kind of doing a bait and switch, and she's like, oh, I don't want anything serious, but why don't you come stay with me in Brooklyn? <laughs> oh, and I don't want anything serious, but you can't talk to other girls. And I don't even know if she's allowing herself to realize what that her, she has feelings for Alex and that she why not just come to terms with it and have a conversation. But she's not going to do that. Instead, she's going to take it out on everyone else rather than having a conversation with Alex. And all of this behavior is making Alex more withdrawn. And I do believe that he owes it to her at moments when she says, I'm really happy with where we're at. He should tell her how he feels, which is, I'm actually not happy with where we're at. <laughs> you know, but at the same time, he probably doesn't want to talk to her when she's drinking and can lash out and get really angry. And it feels though she's drinking all the time and is constantly lashing out and constantly getting angry. I mean, for her to take Brian Benny's package that his mom sent him of winter clothes and throw everything, it was such a childlike tantrum. The likes I haven't seen in an adult in quite some time. I mean, absolutely mind-boggling. And then for her to start screaming at him and him saying, dude, you're being a jerk. And her being like, you know, you better come corrected. And like saying just crazy stuff made me realize her and Lindsay are a lot more alike than I think any of us realized. And she's a lot more unhinged that we realize. And I do think that she is a like kind person. I think she's fun. I think she's thoughtful, but she also doesn't seem to be in touch with herself and know kind of how she's feeling because she's pretending. I don't like, I feel like she's not being honest with herself and I just want to shake her and be like, Danielle, just acknowledge how you feel and talk about it and stop drinking because it's making you act nuts and drinking is supposed to be something that you do for fun and you're not having fun. Winter should be fun. <laughs> um, speaking of fun, Corey's parents seem like great fun. I can totally see like how him and Sam's relationship works now that I've seen his parents. I'm like, oh, yeah, these party animals can like go on, get married, have kids, have a family and still have a good time. And I hope that's what happens for Corey and Sam. They do seem pretty happy. 
And uh, Kyle and Amanda had a potential pregnancy scare. I mean, it's kind of not fun to watch because we know they're not pregnant and didn't have a baby. But, you know, it's interesting seeing them, you know, watching this back and seeing how different Kyle is. And he's kind of like, well, maybe we want to have a baby. Maybe this is the best way. And I'm kind of wondering what would that mean for Summer House and Winter House if Kyle and Amanda start a family like what does that mean um for the shows because it's really been historically about single people going to the hamptons and having a ton of fun and now it's becoming actually a married couple that's thinking of starting a family and does the sh- that change the show does the show continue i think we've all kind of wondered that with vanderpump rules as well it started as people in their 20s and early 30s and now people are pushing 40 and they have kids and it's just like a different dynamic but I've still found it enjoyable to watch because we're invested in the people themselves not necessarily in the genre of the show if that makes any sense so I don't need to keep watching a bunch of kids in LA you know weigh tables and try and make it I've watched that I enjoyed the people on the show and now I like watching where they're headed I don't want to kind of start anew with new people which is why I haven't started southern hospitality because I don't know if I'm interested in like in making new friends (laughs) new tv friends (laughs) I feel like there's so many shows going on I just can't take on something else and I am oh my gosh so I know that Danielle is dating that guy Joe Bradley from southern hospitality and I really hope that how whatever is going on between the two of them, that it does not mirror the relationship that she's had with Alex on Winter House. Because again, this thing with Joe was sort of a fling at BravoCon. And then next thing you know, she's inviting him to New York. <laughs> and then she's going down to Charleston. And it's like, okay, I hope he's in this too. Because if he's in it, then that's great. I think the problem is when she's in it and she's forcing it and the guy's not in it and then it just makes her act out. And I liked her when, you know, she was a little bit more of like Lindsay's reasonable friend and not how she's been behaving. But you know what? I am entertained. So keeping them tuning in every week to see what's going to happen. <laughs> I also, okay, I will end with this. I really strongly disliked how Danielle spoke to Jordan. She basically said that Jordan was low energy and maybe it was because Jordan didn't have a crush in the house or someone to flirt with, insinuating that Jordan's entire personality revolves around men. And if any of you have watched Summer House, Martha's Vineyard, you know that Jordan explicitly is not that person and even has been celibate for a while because she's trying to you know, reestablish her own relationship with her body and with men after being a Playboy playmate. And she doesn't want to only be looked at for her body. And that's been, you know, something that she's been dealing with. And she's been addressing it by being by herself and not being with men. So for Danielle to like say that is honestly, she's projecting so much and it's such a rude thing to say to another woman. And um, I was very offended on behalf of Jordan. And I really hope Danielle has watched that back and apologized over and over and takes the lesson to heart 
that she shouldn't say things like that to women. It's, it's really crappy. Um, she wouldn't like it said to her. So, all right. Well, I have a great episode with Brett from Bravo by Brett. We chat all things Salt Lake, Beverly Hills, and some Potomac. And as always, if you enjoy the podcast, go ahead, give it a five-star rating and leave a kind review. If you have any questions, any thoughts, any constructive criticism, my DMs are always open at Mandy Slutsker on Instagram. So please see me there. I I did see, um, I only check my reviews like once a month or so, and I did see someone was um, very offended by uh, my previous guest, Ashley, um, saying kind of offhand that when she forgot what she was talking about, that she had MS brain. And um, I could see why someone would think that was offensive. Um, It would seem like an ableist comment. But um, Ashley does, in fact, have multiple sclerosis. And, you know, every once in a while, she experiences things like brain fog that make it difficult for her to remember her train of thought. So (laughs) I hope you guys know me well enough to know that if someone were to say an offhand ableist comment, that I would kind of nip it in the bud and address it rather than just like letting it go and keeping it as part of the episode. Um, So I hope that you guys trust me enough to know that I wouldn't keep something like that in the podcast and I wouldn't let it go without a conversation if it was done in a nefarious way. But it was not done in a nefarious way. It was said by Ashley who actually experiences MS and She can talk about it how she wants. So again, that's why I always say, please, please reach out to me if you have something that you're frustrated about from the episode. Maybe it's a mistake I made. Maybe it's something a guest said that you didn't like. That's all okay. If you want to put it in reviews, you can put it in reviews. But I think it would be a more constructive thing to reach out to me and and ask me about it because this was something that a comment that I think did really hurt Ashley um and and it hurt me too to think that I would allow such kind of commentary um so yeah just wanted to to remind everyone my DMs are open <laughs> Okay, I hope you all have a fabulous week. We'll take a quick break and then back with Brett. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Brett, who you all know from the Instagram account Bravo by Brett. He is also a co-host of the podcast Top to Bottom, which, as you can tell based on the title, is about being a gay man and dating and, you know, friendships and life and how you like your toast buttered. (laughs) So (laughs) um, thank you so much for joining, Brett. Thank you for having me. You know, I love you so much. So I'm so happy to be on the podcast because I got to see you a little bit um, for BravoCon. So I know. now I get to catch up more. You're one of those people that's way taller in real life. I know. It always gives people, everyone's, I, I'm like, I don't know how to tell y'all. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to keep y'all updated. You're tall. You're like Cousin Greg tall. Oh, God. Well, not that tall. <laughs> you know, that. <laughs> There are people, I will say, when I, I always tell people this, when I see people who are taller than me, that's when I get nervous because I'm like, I don't think you're supposed to be that tall. Were you nervous when you saw Austin, Shep, and Craig? Um, I do get a little like, 
it's just weird. It's just like weird energy, you know, when someone's taller than you. Because it doesn't happen often. Because usually it's like, I will, I'll either be like eye level or like we'll be here. And, but like where I have to like look up, I'm like, oh God. Yeah. Because they, they, are, they are tall boys. They're tall. I'm used to looking up at people and looking yeah. down. Like I'm 5'6", <laughs> so I'm kind of in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's always interesting to see who's really tall and who's short and all of that. Like Bryn Whitfield is so oh. tall. that. So and she doesn't come across like super tall on the show. So yeah, yeah. that was really interesting. I guess they don't show a lot of scenes with her like walking next to someone else. But right. that's so fun. Did you have the best time at BravoCon? I was I was like so overwhelmed. Like it was the new venue. It was just so many. It, it flowed so much better this year. I mean, last year was pretty good. But this year they really, the venue just made it so much easier to walk around and um I had a really great time. Do you think you're going to go again? That's the big question. I, I have a feeling it's going to be in Vegas again, um, just from the great fine conversations I've heard. Um, and, well, a couple of conversations is they might skip a year. Um, and then the other piece is that they would, if they do it next year, it will be in Vegas. Um, and at that point, I don't know if I want to go next year. That's fair. I mean, you've been a couple times before. I mean, I'm yeah. just trying to figure out when, what weekend it might be. Is it going to be yeah. in October? Is it going to be November pre or post election in the United States? No. You know, oh, like yeah. <laughs> trying to figure out like work stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> All yeah. Of that. Well, that that is a very that's a very um, not to go on a divergent, but um, when uh, Trump was elected in 2016, literally, I was on a train. So you know how they didn't have it finalized, you know, but it showed him winning at like 2 a.m. in the morning. And I was on a train at 3 a.m. going to New York City from D.C. to go see the Wendy, to go see the Wendy Williams show. <laughs> That's the place you want to be after an election. OK, and let me just tell you, the crowd that we were all in line going, can you believe? Are you serious? I said, I can't believe <laughs> it was quite, it was <laughs> It's quite the quite the group, I will say. But I think it would um, be interesting at BravoCon. My dad is probably the only human being who went to bed at nine thirty p.m. that night central. Uh, oh, really? Oh, I couldn't. I don't think I could. I oh, couldn't. he's like Hillary's winning. Whatever. I don't know. You know. No. <laughs> he just he doesn't care. He goes to bed. He wakes up. He goes to the gym. Still doesn't know. Gets on the treadmill. Looks up at the screen. And then immediately text me, please don't move to Canada. It'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a, gi- a giant heart attack. That, that would be a giant heart attack on the treadmill. Not for him. Um, I think he's seen a lot in his life being from like the yeah. USSR. And he, I think he has a lot yeah, more yeah. faith in American society. Um, he also tends to be like a little more conservative, you know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, my yeah. God, he was definitely shocked by it. <laughs> oh, jump the biggest jump scare there ever was yeah oh my gosh okay well let's not let's get that bad energy out of you (laughs) so bravo as we were chatting before we started recording you mentioned the reunion looks came out i'm assuming you mean for salt lake city yes for salt lake city so i have not seen a single thing all day this happens to me all the time i'm at work all day i like do something immediately after work 
and I have not seen my social media. I have not seen anything. So fill me in. Tell me what I need to look at. Okay, so I'm just pulling it for myself as well. The biggest call out, I think Mary looked really good. Um, Mary looked really good. She had this like blue, big, like just like really classic kind of blue um, dress on. And then Meredith, I hated. I hated Meredith. It it looked matronly. Oh, I see. Okay. uh, I finally went to Queens of Bravo. I'm like, where do I find this? I hated Heather's. I just, I just felt like she could do better for her. Oh, body. I like Heather's. No, I just look frumpy for me. Oh, and I don't think so. so. I didn't like it. Maybe that's just me. I like the coral. It's a coral oh, color. Okay. okay. Well, what is the theme anyway? You see what they're wearing? They're all. I'm they're assuming like, like Bermuda colors. <laughs> I, I mean, you have like Whitney in this like neon, like lace, or I don't even know what that is. Oh, when, um, I, that's kind of fun. That's a risk. Oh, it's totally fun. I just don't know what the theme is. Are they tiki? What is the tiki bar? It's definitely colorful. Like everyone's in a color, which I, I like. I'd rather have that than black. Um, you're right. Meredith does not look good um, compared to how she always looks, you know? Yeah. Angie K is kind of what? going for almost like a Lil' Kim look. I thought I honestly thought they were like red dots. I didn't even realize what they were doing there with those dots. It's not a bad dress. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's a dot covering her nipple, and the dress is kind of tied together, and (laughs) it's very risque. Um, I do like I like Heather's. Um, Monica, I like her. Beautiful. I like Monica's. Okay, and I'm seeing that. Oh, and Lisa Barlow's just doesn't. I don't know. I don't like those circles for her. Yeah. Know. There's like cutouts in the middle and it's a gray, whereas I feel like she should be in a brighter color. Now, Monica uh, dropped her, what mug do you shot. call it? When, mug shot. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> I just saw that. So uh, apparently she was arrested for not paying a parking or speeding ticket or something like that. I mm-hmm. doubt... I doubt it was a $100 ticket. I bet she's racked up thousands of dollars of tickets and there was a warrant for her arrest because she didn't pay that last one and that put her uh, over the threshold because they're not going to go after people for a $100 ticket in most right. like locations. But if if you rack up enough fines, then they'll do it. Like I live in a neighborhood where they literally on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night – They go through like the parking attendant people and just scan people's license plates. And if they have like thousands of dollars of tickets, they tow the cars. So there's like tow trucks. (laughs) No boot? They don't boot them? They just give them like an old tow? No, we don't have space to keep like a car in a boot in the streets of D.C. It's just like get them out somewhere else. (laughs) We don't have room for you. (laughs) Bye. Bye-bye. Um, Well, I wanted to start by talking about Beverly Hills because I feel like that was the most gripping television that I watched this week. You know, before we get into everything that happened, I want to get your take on Anne-Marie because she joined last week and she's supposed to be a full-time housewife. She was announced as a housewife. She was a housewife at BravoCon. And then she's not in the intro scene and... um, 
her husband, oh my God, what's his name? Mar- Marcellus. Yeah. Mar- Marcellus Wiley, oh, I think, is a uh, former NFL player who was okay. accused of rape in back when he was in college. And so in New York, I think it was in New York, New York State has this new like rule or law or something that was passed that extended the statute of limitations for sexual assault for a certain period of time, which is why all of these old assault allegations are coming to light and Mm. are coming to light through civil suits because it's too much for a criminal suit, I believe, but not for for civil. And so that's why you're hearing all this stuff about Diddy and things that happened in the 90s and early 2000s. And I believe that the person accusing Marcellus of rape, uh, this happened, I believe, in I don't know how long ago, whenever he was in college. And yeah. it seems pretty bad. Yeah. And it's not really how you want to introduce a new housewife and their spouse. No, not at all. I mean, we haven't met the spouse yet, have we? He was briefly this episode, like playing with the kids, but nothing oh, okay. actually. Yeah. We don't really get dialogue from him. I wonder if we will this season. I mean, we're barely getting dialogue from her. Right. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Any thoughts on her? Like anything you've I heard th- about her? She's very bold. I feel like she's giving, I think she kind of understands the role of a housewife very well. Um, Cause she's Kyle's friend, right? She's Kyle's neighbor. Um, Kyle's so friend, I, quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm sure Kyle like gave her probably a little bit of a rundown on how to come into the group because she seems very, um, I don't know if fiery is the term, but she seems willing to pick a fight with somebody over anything. <laughs> um, she seems to be ready to get her voice into the mix, which I guess is kind of a good thing. Um, I just really don't know how she meshes with the group. I feel like the Beverly Hills is like an interesting cast where like, you know, they're all kind of friends or like they're, they've just kind of grown close enough to where, um, I feel like when you put an outsider into the mix, it's like they either have to kind of pick sides of like a Garcelle Sutton type of side, or they have to go a Kyle Dorit kind of side. Um, and so it's just, I don't know. I I, I can't say I, I don't like her. I mean, I feel like we've only seen her twice, right? So can't say she's not, uh, you know, the best addition ever, but just don't really know her role or place into the group yet. Yeah, I feel that. It's also not the Beverly Hills way to come in guns blazing. It's kind of, you have to come in kind of quiet and you drop hints here and there and some subtle shade. And then you show off how much money you have. And then you get into an argument with someone, but it's not how you lead. Yeah. And she's a doctor, right? She's a doctor. She is a nurse anesthetist. So she, um, helps put people to sleep as Larsa Pippin would say <laughs> for surgeries and probably is okay. one of the people that like monitors um while they're under. Didn't she say doctor? Like doctor? I feel I don't know why I'm thinking doctor. I definitely looked but... it up because it's also so funny yeah. that all of the women that are medical professionals on Bravo are anesthesiologists, like in that profession. I find that well... so interesting. Maybe they, I don't know, maybe anesthesiology breeds uh, uh, 
uh, Real Housewives. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they like their pop culture. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how she gets along with people. Okay. So we're still at this weed dinner. By the way, have you ever mm-hmm. been to one of these? Not a weed dinner. I'm also, not to dig into it already, but I'm like shocked at their milligrams that they chose for their meals, but we can get into it. No, I want to hear. So they either oh. <laughs> went with zero, three, or five, but no one went with 10, which is what the chef was recommending. It just is weird to me because I feel like with, I mean, I'm not an expert in weed, okay? But I've obviously, <laughs> okay. I've dabbled. I've dabbled, okay? So to me, like a gummy is like five milligrams, right? Like most gummies are like about that. Small. Yeah. And like you usually can take one and you're fine, right? Especially like, like <clears throat> even if it does anything to you. So the fact that they, the women were doing like one milligram, like that is not doing anything for you. You know, like that's not like, it's so interesting to see them so afraid of it. Like I thought a lot of them were afraid to try it. Yeah. Do you think, I don't know. I think some people have had bad reactions to eating brownies in like college. And that Uh, was their like major experience with edibles. And so they don't understand that they consumed way too much. And that's why there was a problem and that we didn't know what was in it. We didn't know how many milligrams, anything like that. And doing it this way is a lot more subtle. It's throughout the course of the meal. You're not getting it all at one time. So that's why I think they were saying 10. That's what the chef was recommending. Because I think it's like slowly throughout multiple hours, which would make more sense. Right? I I also wonder, like, I don't know from like a food perspective how it like uh, absorbs into the body differently. Yeah. Or... Like, or like, do they put 10 in, like, you know how like you put like vodka sauce and like you put vodka into it, but then the alcohol like burns off, you know, mm-hmm. so you're, you're not, you're not drinking vodka in your pasta sauce, right? <laughs> so I'm, 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 yeah. I'm one, I wonder if like, if they put 10 milligrams into the food, does that mean that like, you're going to only absorb five? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that yeah. really, you're getting 10. I don't no, know. I think it's in the oil is what it looked like. They were putting oil. And what's interesting is, I could be wrong, but I I believe that CBD and THC are fat soluble, just like vitamin D. So like if you take vitamin D, people who take vitamin D like myself, you're supposed to take it with food because it absorbs in your body with fat. And the higher fat intake you have, I think the more high you feel. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think like if you if you have something with like a lot of oil, a lot of butter, a lot of dairy, something high fat, then I think it absorbs differently. But each okay. day, just like alcohol, one glass of wine, one day, you don't feel a thing. Another day, maybe you haven't eaten much. Maybe you're dehydrated. You have a glass of wine. You're totally, it yeah. hits you. So I think it's the same kind of thing. And I think they're all very worried about how they're going to come across on camera. And I also think they're afraid of getting yeah. hungry. Oh, what do you mean afraid of getting hungry? Like they're going to want to eat more? Yeah, they're all uh, afraid of food, these women. <laughs> <laughs> they're terrified. They're, they're staring the at their plates, like yeah. taking one little bite, being like, ooh, this is delicious. It's like, it's because you haven't eaten all day. Exactly. <laughs> is it really that good? You know? <laughs> no. 
Well, I'm surprised they even did it. I mean, it's I guess it's part of Kyle's new rejuvenation of her identity, but um, it just was it's just an interesting activity to put the group into. It is. I think it would have been more fun if they all were like truly stoned. Yeah, I honestly would like that event on Potomac. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I like to see Karen. <laughs> Yeah, I want to see Karen Huger. You know, she's not afraid of the fireball. So, like, come on, a little THC for you. Come on now. That would be so, so fun. And you know they'd be down to do it. They would be, I think. I think. But, you know, every once in a while, Karen surprises you with something. Yeah, I know. She's going to storm off, be like, I'm in the board of the American Ballet Theater. (laughs) (laughs) She's She's been loosening it up a little bit more. So I, don't know. I think so. I think she's a ton of fun. So she's riding. Did... She's riding the fence. <laughs> that is so funny. I wonder how much she understands of what that means. Like I don't ride the fence. Like the fence rides me. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I never know exactly what she gets and what she doesn't. Mm-mm. She talked about it on Watch What Happens Live. I think Andy asked her, but the answer still is not clear. <laughs> Shocker. So Denise Richards is so fucked up at this dinner. What do you think is going on? Do you think she just drank too much before she got there? Do you believe she took something else and mixed it accidentally? I feel like if she was going into a setting to film with these ladies, she must have thought, I need to have something to get me through. Um, And maybe it it, it doubled up too much or... Um, maybe it's liquor and something else. I don't know. It could but just be she, liquor. I mean, she's been very adamant and other people around her have been very adamant that she does not do drugs. Yeah. But someone might want to tap her on the shoulder, let her know that her jacket is on upside down and that alcohol is a drug. <laughs> <laughs> people are like, I don't yeah. do drugs. Meanwhile, they're like three sheets to the wind. They don't know their address. They don't know their name. <laughs> Like, no, nope. I mean, she could have taken like some type of Ambien or something, or I don't know, what they got Xanax or something, thinking that would be okay, yeah. you know? Who knows? I, I, it was wild to see. I mean, her body language, her face, she was trying to insinuate things that were not making sense to other people. And then I just couldn't get over that her jacket was on backwards and Dorit was like, <laughs> kindly trying to let her know and her response was like i don't give a flying ass fuck about my jacket stop it i know what you're trying to do and it's like what is she is she trying to make you look stupid and drunk because you're doing that yourself denise (laughs) (laughs) i honestly i'm surprised that she even came back on like that's the big shocker right she was so like they always they kept cutting to the scenes of her like walking off. Remember they had the Zoom reunion? You know, oh she kept yeah. Walking off and I'm done with this. Blah blah blah. Like, does she need a paycheck? Like, I'm confused. What is driving her to want to reintegrate herself with these ladies who she wants to give up on? I don't know. I think she's interested in coming back on the show now that Lisa Rinna is gone. That's my oh, theory. Yeah. But. What I was so shocked by is, you know, she's going after Erica saying, 
you were so nice to me and then you were terrible. What happened? You know what you did. You know what you did. And Erica's like, could you please let me know what I did? And the whole time I'm thinking she's talking about the Brandy situation and whether or Mm. not she had a sexual relationship with Brandy, which I don't think was perpetuated as much by Erica as it was by Kyle and Rinna. And it turns out later in the episode, Denise tells some of the other ladies, Garcelle, Sutton, and Crystal, that she's upset at Erica still four years later for mentioning threesomes in front of her daughters with an earshot of them. Now, one of her daughters is on OnlyFans right now, and I believe the two of them do OnlyFans things together. Okay. I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong. But like, what? this is Charlie Sheen's kid. Who? Like, who are you trying to protect? All she has to do is Google her dad, and she finds out all kinds of stuff. You think threesomes are bad? <laughs> As our, but even, I mean, forget the content. Like, to hold a grudge over that for four years, even after Erica, I mean, they had that sit down, and she apologized. Like, I'm so sorry. You know, like... Or, um, yeah, like there was already an apology made. Like, are you still, it's like she's just bringing up old stuff from the show for the show, but it's like at this point, move on. I think she really has a grudge and like a bone to pick with Lisa Rinna. And because yeah. Lisa's not there and Erica is one of Lisa's good friends, that's where she's deciding to put it on. But it makes her look delusional that yeah. she's this trying to come across as this like protective mother who has these innocent children and doesn't want them to know anything about adults or human sexuality. And then like within like less than two years, one of them is on OnlyFans. It just makes no, like, come on, just, you don't have to pretend that you're this like mother of these pure innocent children it's fine it's fine they're kids they're teenagers i'm sure they're talking about things like that isn't it isn't it more gross also when she was talking about aaron and his big penis right and like do they think that does she think her kids are never going to see how she acts and the things she discusses it she makes no sense to me i find her a complete enigma I find yeah. I just cannot comprehend her thought patterns yeah. at all, which actually makes her really interesting to watch. Definitely. I mean, she is an enigma wrapped in her riddle. <laughs> Cash. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about Kyle and Sutton. It, okay. I think what Kyle is frustrated about is that Sutton keeps insinuating there's something going on with Kyle related to her marriage, but she won't come out and say it. And she gets away with saying things in confessionals, but never to people's faces. Yes. Which is a very Garcelle move, too. (laughs) Garcelle loves to do that. But in this episode, Garcelle's the one that came out and said it. It's like in denial about what? And she's like, her marriage. marriage. Your marriage. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it's an interesting, interesting space. I mean, I don't, I feel like Sutton is not just not at, I mean, she was so aggressive after Erica or not aggressive, I guess more inquisitive and direct. Um, 
I wonder if she's afraid of Kyle. I think she was direct in her confessionals, but not to Erica's face. Oh. Not in the same way. When they had that dinner, you know, she was really out on that limb asking those questions, you know. That's what I thought of, like, she was asking her about, you know. Yeah, that was direct. I I don't know why she can't just ask the questions to Kyle. And she could ask it to her without everyone around. You know, she could ask her those questions. They had so many opportunities filming scenes, well, just the two of them. Sutton always loses me because I like Sutton. And then she goes off and does like the, like when she brought Kyle in, like, I remember not this episode, but I think the last episode, she like sat Kyle down and they were talking about like why she was acting weird and how her ex-husband is moving to Europe or something. And like, what like, that's such a weird conversation to have. Like, you want sympathy from that conversation? I, I I was like team Kyle in that situation going like, what is this bat crazy lady talking about? Yeah, she always, I agree with Kyle in that she always uses excuses. I was dealing with something. Yeah. You're always dealing with something. Everyone's always dealing with something. If exactly. you said, oh, I, at that time, I was unsure whether or not my son was going to be living with me or not, and I was very anxious about it, that would make more sense. But she said it all resolved. So when did it resolve, and when did you kind of calm down about it? Also, what is Kyle supposed to react to? Like, oh, my, my sincerest apologies. Please run me over with your car next time. <laughs> right. It's it's a interesting, interesting sort of thing that she always has an excuse for why she's behaving the way she's behaving. And yeah, yeah the whole thing is just very odd to me. But at the same time, Kyle's patience is so thin she just experienced the suicide of one of her closest friends. And mm-hmm. when compared to that, nothing else matters. So she kind of laughs off and dismisses anyone else's feelings because nothing could be as bad as what she's dealing with. And that's also right. not a great place to be, right? So where you're just not able to sympathize with others. I, I do think it's really stressful if you have a child that's under 18 and you're you know, sharing custody with your ex and your ex leaves the country and you don't know what's going to happen with the child. Right. Right. And you're being told you have to actually move, which she should know by now. She doesn't have to follow what her husband says, but I get that he's very powerful. And I think she has some like post traumatic stress related situation, not like, you know, PTSD, but that like from that divorce oh. and the types of things that her and, and her marriage and all the things she was kind of forced to do by her husband where she feels like she's powerless. Right. So I guess I'm understanding where she's coming from, but it's just odd. a weird, it's maybe it's like the editing of it too. It's just like the weird cutting of like, you're at this party and you pull you aside. Here's my issue. And then I was like, what are you talking about? Like, this is like the most random thing that you've never talked about. Now you're bringing this up. Um, it, I, don't know, I feel like Sutton, Sutton always throws me for a loop every once in a while. I'm like, oh, she is good. She is good. But then now it's like she just brings in these like weird conversations about her life. And I'm like, okay. 
I'm trying to follow you. <laughs> she uses excuses, and those excuses are not good excuses. I no. thought it was really interesting that Kyle brought up the fact that Sutton doesn't eat much, and then Sutton said that she has the esophagus problem, that she has yes. difficulty swallowing. So, of course, I went to a bunch like Cleveland Clinic, Mayo Clinic, like websites looking at all the different things that this could be. And it sounds yeah. like it may be some type of esophageal stricture. Um, so I looked at, you know, what could cause that. And a lot of times it's something like peptic ulcer disease or GERD, which is like very severe form of acid reflux or oh, cancer, but also alcohol. Yes. Oh. Like oh. chronic oh. alcohol. Use. <laughs> oh, God, and... <laughs> Which does not kind of fare well for all of the allegations about her drinking. And what I find interesting this season versus others is that it feels like production is also setting up a story about her drinking. Like, and, and she's always saying whether or not she's drinking alcohol or not. Like, I didn't drink at that event. And you're like, okay, why do you need to say that? You know, it, it, it's weird. I will say it did throw me for a loop that the conversation, like her, like when they were like, well, how much does she drink? And then Kyle's like, well, she just pushes her food around. I'm like, wait, I feel like we, like we already did. Those are just, to me, those are just boring allegations at this point. You know, like there's, there's uh, they all drink except Kyle, you know, like. And they all you know, push their food around. They all have seemingly unhealthy relationships with food with maybe the exception of Garcelle. I never see they her are... make comments about food or say weird things, but everyone else says really unusual statements about basic foods. And if you remember like last season, it was that was Crystal's big thing. Was it last season? Yeah. That was Crystal's big thing about her journey with um, bulimia. Bulimia, yep. Um and so it's like fascinating one to bring that up again in a context of another person and be like, like they already had this whole conversation when, they, when Erica's like, well, you need some, uh, some Miralax or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. like, Oh, you shouldn't say that. And then it's kind of like to Kyle. Well, I also don't think you're supposed to say to someone, you move your food around, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, it seems really inconsiderate and like, unhelpful and unkind to say that not just to her but in the presence of someone that has been struggling for a very long time with disordered eating yeah i feel like all of the franchises beverly hills has the most fraught relationship with food they are so i mean remember how lisa renna used to be like i ate a hot dog once a year what that's such an odd thing to say yeah once, twice a year. <laughs> sure. I'm probably eat a hot dog once a year, too. Like, I, I don't know. I don't sit and think. They say thing. They talk about food and weight loss so much in this yeah. franchise that it seems to be part of regular conversation, which I guess it Don't probably it is in that in that world. Yeah, it sounds very L.A. <laughs> That's probably why I could never live there, even though I love L.A., I'd be like, wait, what what are you doing? <laughs> You're doing some sort of juice cleanse? Do you know that your colon cleanses itself? <laughs> <laughs> no. 
know. I, I know. know I always want to scream through the TV at Shannon Bedore being like, your colon cleanses itself. You don't need colonics. <laughs> You're actually causing an imbalance in a very balanced system. Oh, that's why she. That's why she developed her own her own care. <laughs> God, her what a mess! Care. And then finally, just Sutton was just really, really harsh when she yelled at Kyle. You've already lost two sisters. Do you want to lose another one? As if yeah. she was kind of like a sister to Kyle. All of it's just really nasty and really rude. Well, it's interesting to parallel that conversation with kind of what we know with Paris mm-hmm. and Phoenix. You know, I don't know if you're watching that. Um, I haven't watched it, but I know I saw some clips where like Paris didn't tell anybody, like didn't even tell her mom, you know? And so um, it's just, it, I wonder how much is like in her head during that, during this time as well around stuff like that. It's so interesting to have your privacy stolen from you in so many ways that you go so far out of your way to protect your privacy, you yeah. know, and to keep something really sacred. Right. You know, between her, her husband and uh, the surrogate. Right. Like, right. <sighs> wow. That's a lot. It's, and it was, you know, what? And in that same vein, it was also nice to see Kim back on the screen. And oh she my God. felt good. I almost forgot about it. She did seem so good. She's so kooky. And this is exactly the kind of Kim I want. Like if she's drawing animals on the walls, that makes total sense. If she didn't leave her house during COVID, that also makes total sense. She has so much anxiety. And I'm glad that she turned to art to cope as opposed to drugs. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Kyle has crippling anxiety as well. And so she's just turning to exercise and food restriction, right? Yeah. To each their own, I guess. Yeah. It's better than (laughs) alcohol, I'm sure. Although food restriction is not good. And I don't know if she's actually restricting that much food, but that's what the other ladies are saying. Um, Speaking of things ladies are saying, let's head over to Salt Lake City. They head to Bermuda. Have you ever been to Bermuda? No, not at all. I'm so fascinated by it. Uh, I thought it was very... (laughs) Certain things they say on these shows so casually, and I'm like, is that something that everyone does? Or is that just something that people in your group do? So a good example is this. They're like, oh, all of us took a sleeping pill. I'm like, who prescribed it? Whose like prescription was it? Was it like part of the little gift bag you got from the host on the plane? Like, how did one person get two pills? You say it's a quote unquote sleeping pill, but then later it was mentioned it was a benzodiazepine, which can put people to sleep. All of it was just like, what on earth? And how the hell could Meredith Marks have two accidentally? Well, she probably takes three. <laughs> she was so drugged. Yeah. I mean, it's it was that was scary to watch her. At first I was like, does she have the flu or is she just like OD'd on benzos basically? Well, to have her makeup done while laying in bed. <laughs> that made me laugh. You know, I guess that's that's the life of the rich and famous, I guess. 
And then she goes to dinner and she's like, oh, I couldn't eat much. I'm still not feeling great. While well, she has a glass of wine in her hand. Mm-mm, I feel mm-mm. like I'm criticizing these women so much this episode and I feel bad about it. But I just, it, this seems unusual to be really not feeling good and then drinking yeah. alcohol. Is it because when they film, there's so much pressure to drink? Well, I, well according to Bethany Frankel, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a lot of times they, it, uh, it, the wine becomes like water, you know? I need a glass of wine, you know? Um, to go with my evening. I, I guess if they're not f- making enough content for them, if they're feeling down, like I wonder if they feel, do feel pressured to put on a show or something or uh, activate themselves a little bit, but I don't know. It's it's just, I mean, to me, it's just at this point, just the weird enchalant of <laughs> housewife behavior. Totally. Turtle time. <laughs> And to get pissed at everyone for not giving her a room with the bathtub. Exactly. I mean, couldn't you take a bath in someone else's room if you really needed to? Or is that too much of an inconvenience or is that weird? I don't know. I mean, okay, Brett, when you go on vacation with your friends, (laughs) is it a priority for you to have a tub in your room? Uh, Not a tub not a tub but i do like a full standing shower i as i've gotten older i do scout out hotels that have a full standing shower but what does a full standing shower mean no tub oh so it's just like the bottom is just tile yes yes okay i think that's fair right you don't want to be at a hotel that has one of those like dinky tubs it's like there's no point it's not even a real tub so if it's like eight inches ten inches off the ground like no one fits in that except for a child so you might as well just have a freestanding shower i i I am a freestanding shower person and i'm an aficionado at this point because i love them i just don't understand the bath piece of it because um uh, to me baths are gross um to me, it's like you need to shower first, then take a bath, then shower again. <laughs> because it's just like you're in a hot tub, you know, like you're just in your own filth and sitting there. Um, I do personally like baths, but specifically with bath salts for okay. like muscle stuff. So like after working out, you know, it can be really nice to soak. And I got, you know what bath salts I got? I got some from Vena CBD. I got CBD oh, bath salts oh, from did? Tamra. Every time I get out of the tub from like using yeah. that, I've only used it like three times in the last month or two. I feel like fucked up. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know if I'm really? like, yeah, I don't know if I'm using too much. If I do it at night when I'm already tired, I do take Vena CBD gummies to go to bed. And so okay. maybe I'm like mixing it. Like I take a gummy, get in the tub, there's CBD in the tub. And then like I get out of the tub and I always, sh- I always end with a shower. Cause like okay. you can't just take a bath. You have to like take a bath. You sit, you're like, okay, after 10, 15 minutes, like it should be doing its miracle. <laughs> like curing my muscles. It gets <laughs> like absorbed into your skin. Is that I what it is? I guess so. I mean, I, before that I use bath salts with magnesium, which is supposed to be really, helpful for like muscle recovery so i've been weightlifting and i've just yeah (laughs) like 
<laughs> I'm not lifting that heavy. But, you know, I do Orange Theory and I do like the weightlifting classes that they have. And okay. every week I don't hurt myself. I just get something really sore, you know. So okay. like a lot of times it's my legs because we do all of these lunges. And I'm just like, what is going to make it better? And the yeah. two things I've discovered is drinking an insane amount of water and stretching and then okay. taking a bath with some sort of bath salt for like 10, 15, 20 minutes. Okay. I get that. I get that. But it's not a bath just to take a bath usually. It's like, okay, yeah. the purpose is like to help my muscles recover. Sure, sure, sure. No, I get I get a good soak. A soak? I get that. I get that. Yeah. But I know. I know it's gross. Like, that's <laughs> why it's important to shower after and to get your club, your club, your bathtub cleaned all the time. Well, what bothers me with Housewives is that, like, and this is the challenge nowadays with social media and the wave of, like, understanding how a housewife should operate is once something becomes their identity or fixation from the public, they don't let it go. You know, like even at BravoCon, they had the tub. They had Meredith's tub, which is like, haha, funny. But now it's like, let the mouse go. And like, it's just a tub. Like, move on. It was funny when it happened. We're on to the next, you know? <laughs> let go Stop of the tub. tub. Stop making tub happen, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I feel like people, when they originally say their line or the thing and they don't realize it's funny, and then the Stan housewife culture picks it up, finds it funny, and then they lean into it too heavily. I feel like Dorinda did that with like the clip, 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 and I made it nice. And she went after content creators who made memes and who tried to sell merch and yes. you know set yes. cease and desist like this is my phrase i made it nice i'm the only one that can make money off of it very odd yeah odd no behavior. i don't I, I don't i get it because it's like you're leaning into something that works like you know like it's a, it's a, a typical business model um you know or like if something works you lean into it more right but at the same time it's like i can't there is a there is a way of like balancing it, um, and I, I just get annoyed. <laughs> is there any housewife that you can think of that has a phrase or a shtick that they didn't run into the ground? They didn't run into the ground. Um, I feel like I have to like go through it in my head. Like Heather Gay, right, had a good time girl, and that lasted a long time. Um, but it wasn't as strong, uh, as it needs to be. I feel like early housewives, well, Sonia never, I don't know. <laughs> Sonia can't give up the straw, that, the straw that stirs the drink. She says that all the time. Um, uh, Bethany won't shut up about mention at all. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like. Maybe it's just like maybe that's the housewife method is to just keep milking your your comments. <laughs> I guess I guess like um, Sutton. Maybe it's like the really rich housewives that don't give into it as much. Like I feel like Sutton's let the mouse go. Like that is done and gone. With, she let know? the mouse go, and it's gone. It's, it's gone here. We ain't seen that mouse. 
who was another really rich housewife? Um, Candy Burris. Candy Burris. Yeah, she doesn't really milk hers. I don't think so, right? She did the bitch I'm worldwide, and then that was it. It was done. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's probably the best example of, like, a rich housewife that knows when to pounce, but then lets it go. Yes, I would agree. I'm glad we went through this journey for I know. I was, like, thinking (laughs) also. I was like, when you said rich, I was like, oh, candy. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. I mean, the people that are doing it are, like, that overdo it are the ones that, I guess, seem to desperately need money. Like, I feel like Dorinda is just, like, stomping at the bit to get every dollar she can to keep funding that the the Berkshire's house, the Bluestone Manor, (laughs) you know? Like, hello, she's putting on an Airbnb, you know? She's... He's really out there trying to get as much as he can. Um, I mean, those real estate, like those property taxes are probably oh. astronomical. And if she can make enough to pay the property taxes, then yeah. that, but she also has entire staff to keep that place running. Oh, she has to. I mean, it's, I mean, I'm hopefully Richard left her enough money, but I don't know. I don't know. They always seem to be like wanting more, wanting more. Like Sonia definitely needs a check, you know? (laughs) Luann's always out there, you know? Money can't buy you class, you know? She's always out there. Always. Um, Okay, so back to Bermuda. So Yes, my apologies. (laughs) No, they get in this fight in a sprinter van between Angie Kay and Meredith. I honestly don't know what they're fighting about anymore. And I feel like by the end of the episode, they also don't know what they're fighting about and laugh. Oh, okay. So they, oh, did you not see that part? No. So they were fighting. And at the end, like when there was another fight happening, that Meredith looked at Angie and goes, hey, at least it's not us. And they like cheered. (laughs) They're after like screaming at each other over who was going to, what was it go after someone's family or try to ruin your family it was it was nuts the do you think that whitney actually believes that she is helping lisa barlow become a better person who is less self-involved i'm sure whitney does (laughs) (laughs) i mean but do you think she's open to Lisa by saying, hey, I'm helping you become less self-involved? Or do you think, think she's just like helping her talk through arguments with friends and helping her to see other sides and that kind of a thing? I think Whitney does her best in the way that she thinks she can help situations. I just don't know. I feel like it's more for herself to make it feel more comfortable you know or like feel that she's contributing Mm -hmm. to an effect or change and the reality is is that she should just mind her business and stop um but and and plus like you have to know when you're dealing with lisa like lisa is so headstrong in anything that she does it's not like she's a wavering person that takes in outward opinions if it's not john if it's not from John, then she can't she can't seem to like take in an outside criticism advice, you know, like she just keeps moving on. So I don't know what Whitney doesn't see that, but 
he truly is the Lisa Barlow whisperer. He knows how to say things to her so that she absorbs them and doesn't get upset. And who else is like that? Who other is that? I guess is Teresa like that? Yeah. I don't know who the Teresa whisperer is. Oh, it's Dolores. Dolores. Yeah. Louis. I don't think it's Louis. (laughs) 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 Um, And then the weird revelation uh, revelation that happened at the end with so monica brings up this chatter about angie's k's family might be in the greek mafia which is really shitty thing to say but also kind of funny because <laughs> i i just want to see angie like defend her family you know because she's so yeah. into being greek and i bet she would be really offended by that and i had no idea she was greek uh, this is news to me <laughs> It's it's all Greek to me. (laughs) And then Monica says, you know, hey, Meredith, remember when you called me and were like, did you get any weird DMs about about, um, Angie? And so it's clear that Meredith is playing around with Monica, the new person, and making sure that she's the one that brings certain things up on camera about Angie and trying Mm -hmm. to clear her whatever name. But Monica is way too smart. And she's like, I'm going to bring up that you told me about the DMs. And now I'm going to mention the fact that I got more and that they include legal documents. So question for you. Yeah. What do you think is causing the huge rift between Monica and the rest of the cast? Ooh, that is a deep question. Hmm. Do you think it has to do with this Angie K thing? Do you think it's the lawsuit with Heather? Do you think it's uh, something with Jen Shaw? That is fascinating. Oh my God. I don't know why I'm stumped. I'm, I don't something know. Of, I literally don't know. Something about her. It, 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 we obviously know something about her does set the ladies off. Um, but, oh, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Oh, okay. Do you think a- <laughs> that we see them get set off this season, or do you think it happens like after the season wraps? Oh, I feel like after the season wraps. Okay, because I'm. I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm like, are they all going to turn on her? And then they've just kept their mouths shut since they stopped filming. And we only recently well, figured out that there was a rift. I well, I feel like at BravoCon, she was not acknowledged much by the housewives and not spoken oh, to yeah. and ignored was, heavily, right? And I heard from Angie Kay that they were supposed to have a a panel and it got scrapped. Oh, really? Yeah, Angie told me. Oh, well, they should have had a panel. Well, she said um, that they told her it was because they were just about to film the reunion and wanted them to save all their energy for the reunion and all the things that they were going to say. But yeah. I don't know. It seems a little bit weird to me. We thought of that as well. We also had the thought that, um, like, because last year was so explosive that maybe this year they were a little... Because this year's BravoCon, not to bring it back to that, but... It felt more PC mm-hmm. in the sense that uh, things felt a little bit more tight-lipped 
around conversations and questions. And obviously, like, the, you had the audience questions, which, you know, could be go either way. But this is the first year, I, well, obviously, not long, but the panel uh, people, whatever, the, the moderators were like, we're not going to answer that. We're not going to talk about that. Like, it's just kind of like, okay, why are we being quiet about things now? Um, but maybe we'll find out more during the reunion. I mean, I'm really focused to see how that whole interaction works with them. And I mean, she's right up front. She's got first chair this year. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll understand more of the dynamics. I mean, does she really have an ally in the group? I don't know. That's what I'm interested to see. She was not pictured with any of her co-stars during BravoCon at all. Like her photo ops were with people in other franchises. She was never in a Bravo Palooza with anyone else from her franchise. She was just not with them at all. At all. I don't know. I mean, I feel like she is good for the show in the sense that she gives, like, I feel like if it, if she wasn't on the show, we would have nothing this season. You know, like we would mm-hmm. just like, I can't, I can't see Angie Kay's house anymore. Um, Heather, I like Heather. I just don't know how much more of the, the Mormon struggle we can have with her book and everything. Um, Lisa Barlow, loves, keep bringing her quirkiness and all the fun stuff that she can do, but she doesn't really do anything else besides you know, being Lisa Barlow, um, Meredith is the same stick. Like it's very, they're very like, like, there's not, I don't know much more we can delve into their stories. Um, and so that's why I'm kind of like Monica keeps them kind of on their toes a little bit to kind of bring different conversation and to be, you know, the alliances and, um, the aggressive conversations that they love to bring up. Um, yeah, I, no, I agree with you. Has this ever existed where you have an outlier like her, like the whole cast basically turns against her? I've been thinking about that. And usually when things happen, when they get that bad, like, yeah. like I was thinking of Noella and Orange oh, yeah, County, yeah. they yeah. don't end up coming back. But Noella also wasn't, she wasn't what Monica is. Monica is like came to play. She's a big time player. She's giving us stuff and she might be a complete fraud, but (laughs) it's, it's watchable. And Noella, for me, it felt like she was a try hard. She was a fraud and she was cringy. Like none of it came across as authentic. And I think parts of Monica's story do feel authentic. There is real stuff woven in with the lies. Yeah, that whole her whole mother situation is so fascinating to me because none of it really makes sense. And even the more she tries to explain it, I still don't understand it. I don't understand it with her kids. I don't understand all her backstory. Like everything just is like confusing to me, even though she's like living it and expressing it on TV. Um, I'm curious to see what they bring out in the reunion. If everybody thinks, you know, it will actually express their opinion about her. Yeah. It'll be interesting. It's funny that it's going to take something else to get everyone upset with her. That's unrelated yeah. to the fact that she had an 18 month long affair with her brother-in-law <laughs> like that. Yep. I still can't get past that. Like your kids, how do they hang out with their cousins? Like I was so close with my cousins. Like imagine if my mom slept with my uncle, like what? No, <laughs> 
that's insane. That's insane. No, How would that not. that would totally mess up my f- relationship with my cousins? Both on the next season of the Real Housewives, like, right? Lake City, right. Monica. I need to, right. I need to need to hear about that. Okay, let's end with Potomac. So yes. Oh my gosh, Neca has a really shitty OBGYN. <laughs> <laughs> need to open with that he was so misogynistic he deferred to the husband once you are 35 and over women listening and men if you are trying to get pregnant for six months and you do not get pregnant within that six month period you should go to your doctor and do fertility testing it's usually one year uh if you're under 35 but if you're 35 and older it's six months at least that's the latest that I know. And so she should, they should be testing his sperm. They should be testing. They did. They said it was like a lower sperm count or something. They should be testing her, all of her AMH, FSH, all the things. And he keeps saying that they don't have sex enough. And she's like, but we have sex when I'm ovulating. And that's the only sex that matters truly in trying to get pregnant. It felt like the doctor wasn't listening to her. No. Okay. I'll stop talking about this fertility stuff, but it made me very angry as if like she's the problem and she's the reason that they're not getting pregnant and God forbid it be something wrong with his sperm or nothing truly wrong that they can figure out, but it might make more sense to try uh, alternative methods. Well, I feel like operating in that, I mean, her husband's a doctor, you know, Mm. like, he should know some of these things you too. Like think, I feel like you would think, you know, but it's just a, it's a, such a, a dichotomy when I think about my my lovely girls. I'm married to medicine. You know, the, my mother's there. You know, they're the ones. <laughs> that, like it's it's a totally flip in the conversation, and I'm honestly surprised they even aired it. To be quite honest, I mean, it was such a bad look, and I really hope it doesn't make all male. OBGYNs look bad because there can be incredible OBGYNs that are male. um, But this one was not one of those. And it's so funny, like some doctors are so into their specialty that they can't understand like either generalized medicine, like they forgot, they haven't done, you know, their (laughs) rotations in so long, or they only know their thing and they know nothing outside of their thing, you know? Doctors really trigger me because I I cannot tell you how many times always a fight with my doctor, a conversation, uh, a, a pulling in of insurance. It's like always it's like I got to get rid of you. Like it's like in the medical care system. I mean, you obviously are more into it than I am, but it always feels like you have to consistently be an advocate for yourself all the time. And like if you're not liking what you're hearing or you're not liking what's happening, like get a new doctor, get somebody else. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to just you don't have to just stick with somebody just because they have a degree in front of their name, you know? Yeah, if you don't vibe with them and you don't feel comfortable with them, then they're not the best person to give you care. Exactly. And plus if you're getting any type of like criticism or you know, obviously like I mean, criticism in the sense that like, you know, if you're if you're wanting to lose weight and they're like, You need to lose weight, you know, that's a different conversation than, you know, being criticized about lifestyle lifestyle choices or, you know, all of it there's ways to have conversations that are kind and thoughtful and that you know don't make assumptions 
on, yeah, yeah, on yeah. behalf of the medical provider, you know, as to why something is happening. And I felt like this guy came in and he was like, you'll be fine. You've got this Nigerian guy. Like, it'll all work. And it, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You should be advising them about other options if things aren't working the way that they are. Do you think it was like for the camera too, or they had like a had like a, a conversation beforehand, no. or something like that? Okay, I don't think so. I feel like for him to be that dismissive, yeah, I really felt like that was just him. Like, but yeah, <laughs> oh, I just wanted to shake her and be like, "Girl, get a new doctor." And <laughs> she, oh. I also hated how she was yelling at her husband throughout. Like, she's so on edge. She's so upset. Yeah. She's yelling at him. I don't like how she talks to him. I'm assuming he probably talks to her in not a great manner as well for her to talk to him that way. But all of it just feels like icky. No, I definitely, I mean, I agree. Their whole dynamic is a little off to me too. I mean, her her being on the show this season is an an interesting plug and play, um, especially with Dr. Wendy. Um, But Do you want to talk about that? What the we hell can. do you think is going on between NECA and Dr. Wendy? I don't. First off, I don't. I didn't know we were auditioning for the Oscars here with Wendy because she is putting on the biggest show on earth. Every yeah. single scene. Every single scene. I mean, uh, why are you coming out with your own TV show on YouTube? Like the Dr. Wendy show. What are you doing? Like She doesn't know. You, Brett, she doesn't know. <laughs> You're on your wait. Is it her third or second season as a housewife? Like fourth, fourth, fourth? and oh, she okay. still each time is trying to reinvent herself and like this is the real me. What like, bitch? Why can't you just be yourself consistently, even if it's ugly, even if it's like you know not the not as refined as you want to come across. We want to see the real you, not yeah. this manufactured version of yourself. And it just leads me to believe that she doesn't know who she is and that she's a bit of a chameleon and that she changes her herself to try and fit different scenarios. She definitely definitely is like that. I mean, uh, even her conversation this season around elevating the conversation and like not wanting to be around slow people which she should know for herself that that's not the terminology you used to be using um, if she is so elevated. Um, I don't know. I, I'm so frustrated with her this season that, like, I don't mind NECA coming in and, like, pushing her buttons a little bit and being like, what are you saying with your mom and all these things? Like, I don't know what the truth is, okay? Obviously, they seem to not – it's, like, such a classic housewife ploy to be like, I don't know you, but you know me, but you know me, I don't know you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, but like make a decision like I don't care I, I like don't obviously you guys know each other now so move on you know? right I you think know? okay this is my theory on Wendy I've come up with this week I okay. believe and this is I've experienced this like at work and sometimes with women who are in competition with one another and in a couple other scenarios but I believe Wendy views the world as a zero-sum game where there are winners and there are losers. And if someone else is winning, it means you're losing. She doesn't view it as like she's on the same team as people and they're all trying to lift each other up, right? I don't think she views things that way. And so when NECA was potentially going to come on the show, she's like, well, I'm the Nigerian on the show. I don't want there to be a second Nigerian on the show. Uh, They're trying to replace me. 
So I'm going to, rather than be honest about my feelings, talk to production, talk to others about how I'm concerned about whether or not, about my safety, uh, my job security is what I mean, uh, she decides to try and undercut NECA as much as possible rather than embracing her and having her come on because she views it as a threat. And I just, I believe that's how she views the world. That's the only explanation I can think of. And I could be very wrong, but. That's interesting. I mean, I could, I could play into it too. I think, I think maybe you think, I don't know if she's, I guess threatened is the term Mm -hmm. you could use. Um, um, but uh, yeah, I feel like maybe she felt like she had her own lane on the show and now she's kind of being bumped out a little bit. Um, but her acting is too much. I mean, I still, you know, I still can't get over. Hmm. I, I still can't get over Eddie. They, they said, did you unfriend me on Facebook? First off, why the hell are you on Facebook? Y'all need to get off Facebook because <laughs> no one's using that. No one's using that. Number two, who keeps track of who unfriended on Facebook? Like, you got to look that stuff up. It's people, no- I'm around their age. People our age, I guess, somehow are still on Facebook. I am. I rarely use it. I don't post things. Yeah. But there are so many people who do. And I think, like, sometimes if I really, if I'm like, oh, I know that person from somewhere. I think we might be. And I look up who they are on Facebook and I'm like, oh, that's yeah. where I know them from. Like, I'll do that mm-hmm. because it yeah, goes yeah. back to when I joined in 2005 or True. 2004. I, mean, I have, I mean, I, I have Facebook too. I'm like, I guess I could see it from that lens. But like, th- like they, I don't know. It's just a silly conversation to have. Unfriending it's so and dumb. It is so but, dumb. But I truly believe that that Eddie was friends with, oh my God, I can't remember his name, NECA's husband, and that he unfriended him because uh, Wendy made him, or that Wendy just went in and did it because I believe that she's the kind of wife that has all of her husband's passwords. (laughs) I believe that too. (laughs) You know? And so it's just frustrating to see her be this way and not, I don't know. You know, and then to like make allegations like NECA must be smoking crack. Like it's all just really like for someone who claims to be elevated, like that's not a very, and it it doesn't mean I'm taking NECA's side. I think she's messy as hell. I think she's like, look at, I tried to get on the show and you were supposed to be my in and you wouldn't do it. So I had to go through Ashley. (laughs) Like that's what I feel like she's trying to say. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. These. I guess so. I, I wonder if this will be like the downfall of her for her this season. Oh, I like, hope is it is. Look- and I never <laughs> like to say that. Sorry about people, but I am just, I want it to be a warning sign to other housewives to like truly be your actual authentic self. Yeah. Because if you're playing a role and you can't maintain that role because you're yeah. not a method actor, then we're going to figure out that you're not being genuine and we're going to get frustrated. And there's almost nothing I dislike more. Like Robin hid things from us, but she's still in hiding things being herself. <laughs> like, 
it well, frustrates I mean, me less than Wendy being like, after four seasons, I should know you. I should know how you're going to react in a situation. I yeah. should like know more about who you are as a person. And the, I don't. And I loved her the first season. So I think I'm just bitter that the Wendy yeah. that I fell in love with doesn't exist because I liked that woman. Yeah. Yeah, she definitely has changed. I mean, think about the person that's been consistent. <laughs> Robin Dixon. Okay, that, that person right? is authentic. Okay, she stays She stays being Robin Dixon. <laughs> yep. You can't accuse her of being anyone other than herself. Okay, nope. then I wanted to just briefly chat about Mia and Gordon, because I thought this was oh, like a really yeah. unusual couples therapy session where it's clear that he doesn't realize how pissed she is at him. Well, we know what happens in the end. <laughs> right. But do you think, so do you really think that Mia means what she says and that she doesn't want money to be the reason that her kids don't have a relationship with their cousins or that someone kills themselves? I mean, I feel like uh, maybe. I kind of believe I her. I do. Yeah. I felt like it was really, she seemed really shaken by the suicide and being like, yeah. it was what we did, you know, feeling guilty. Like we got this guy disbarred and then he killed himself and it was over money. Like, did, did we really need that? Does it really matter? You know, money shouldn't be something that leads to that. So I, I felt like, her. I wonder if she's been having a lot of, I wonder if what happened in her life brought more awakenings because the Mia that we knew like a couple seasons ago is not the Mia that we're seeing as strongly this season. I feel, I feel like she was very much more retaliatory. You know, I got you, I want to eat you, you know, and now we're kind of getting a more softer Mia. And mm -hmm. I wonder if that's because of the distress in her life. Um, that's giving her kind of a more humbling approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, she had to be humbled. She actually downsized. It was really yeah. refreshing to see a housewife say that they're downsizing and actually downsize. Yes. Back into the pet house. Right. <laughs> what an odd. Any other thoughts on, do you feel like Giselle or Candace, one of them has to go to make the show work? Oh, interesting. Um I mean, I, I, Giselle is one of, is like a Teresa, you know, she's such an OG and an anchor. Um, I've seen it. Is that your eye roll or? No, no, no. My eyes oh, are just oh. dry. Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> like blinking. I said, I, uh, why do people hate Giselle? Um, you know, it, I, the Giselle and Karen is like so strong, you know? So it's like those people, it's like, how are they, they gotta be ripped apart to get off the show. Candace. I love Candy Gal so much. Me too. Um, um, I, I, again, I don't know how much more she can add. Um, I'm kind of feeling similar to, similar to kind of what you're alluding to, which is like the cast is kind of heavy and full. Um, I don't know if it's Ashley Darby that kind of maybe might need a break. Oh, um, interesting. I just think that like, she gave us so much that right now she's kind of in a resting period of life, you know? Um, and so we're not, we're kind of getting her new life. Maybe we'll get some dating out of her. Maybe, you know, who knows? Um, but she's in a lull for me. Candace is a little bit in a lull for me. You know, we're getting it, you know, insight to her, um, her shows and stuff like that. Um, 
I feel like they because they added in NECA, it's it's just another layer to focus on. Um, but I, I still love all of them. So I, I I love all of them individually, except for I'm getting very frustrated with Wendy, and I don't yeah, know yeah. NECA enough to love her. But the rest of them, I have a lot of love for. What I would hope could happen is that as the season is airing and as it wraps, that someone like a the top the executive producer, somebody gets Candace and Giselle in a room and says, if you guys can't figure out how to move forward, then yeah. this show will fail. And it already has started to fail. There are fewer viewers. People are not happy with the season. And they need to see progression in relationships. And if you just focus on the past and stay angry, then yeah. the show can't move forward and the group dynamics get messed up. And right. the, the one thing that you always need is a bridge between two groups. And it's usually like Dolores and Margaret on Jersey. In, yeah. And in Potomac, I thought it was Candace and Robin. Like, yeah. no matter what happened, like, the two of them were tight. And for Candace to throw everything away, I get she was frustrated. But I feel yeah. like she went to Twitter rather than going to Robin and telling Robin how disappointed she was. She yeah. should be honest and direct and not just be on social media. Yeah, and, for sure. <laughs> and Giselle needs to apologize for how she went after Candace's marriage. And all the things she said, she has to apologize for it. Or no yeah, one's going to go apologize? Hey, if she wants that job, you know, she's going to have three kids in college. My goodness. Oh, I know she is. What, 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 what's she call her place? The, the West Wing? The West, the West, <laughs> the West the, Wing is, the, is just her wing of the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just funny because in the White House, the West Wing is where you work, not where you live. Right. right. Well... Maybe that's for her. <laughs> she just <laughs> all day. Oh, my gosh. Brett, thank you so much for joining. Tell everyone where they can find you, where they can listen to your podcast, anything else you want to plug. Sure. Well, first off, thank you for having me. I love you. Um, we always have a great time. Uh, if you're a listener and you enjoyed, then you can follow me at Bravo by Brett on Instagram. I've been playing with TikTok more, so I'm there now. Um, oh God, save follow... us! <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> you, you can follow on Top to Bottom Pod on Instagram. Um, we're more active on TikTok actually there because we do a lot more video stuff, recordings with the podcast, um, which you should look into. Um, and if you repost uh, them on Instagram, I'll watch. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I went. I looked. I watched some of them already. But TikTok, really? yeah, I'm not going to give in to the Chinese government. All right. Well, they do. <laughs> they promote it really well. They got. They got us going. I know, um, but you know that the version of TikTok in China is different. Oh, really? Yeah. You should look into that. Right. Oh God. They're they're giving us a version of TikTok that rots our brains, and their version of TikTok makes them smarter. Of course, of course. <laughs> so I feel like they're just like collectively making us like not fact check, believe anything, lead anything. with our emotions. You know, all the things that I can't stand about Twitter as well. Well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm on Twitter, but I'm not there much. So, oh my God, it's the worst place. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I try and avoid it. I'm, well, here's the thing I'm barely on any of these things anyway because I work. <laughs> right. You're like, I have a job. I have job. Other... 
Um, it's just a fun, a fun little outlet to talk to people about Bravo stuff, which is how I think the space should be and always exist. And yeah, so I appreciate. No, I, I don't mean you. to hate on your TikTok because I bet you create yeah. a wonderful community there for real. Uh, well, that's that, well, that's why I only have four to followers because it's only <laughs> it's only because it's positive. <laughs> only positive people there. <laughs> but anyway. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining. I always love talking to you. And I'm kind of secretly hoping you decide to go to BravoCon again next year and we can we can hang. We'll see. I mean, maybe they'll put so maybe they'll put it to DC. Who knows? It'll be, uh... Oh, God, I joked about that like last week or the week. I, there's no way. I mean, also people here no. wouldn't even know what to like. No, they would be no. like, what are you here for? Huh? I would like it. I would like Atlanta actually for them to do it in Atlanta. That oh, would that's help me a good a idea. Um, I just didn't like. I mean, I didn't like Vegas at all. <laughs> it just was just too much for me. It's and plus with the race there, there's too much traffic. There's too much to navigate. That everything was so expensive, which is not what I really wanted for the convention. Like the fact that I had I paid like fifty dollars for Wendy's is mind blowing to me. Um. The fact that I had paid $12 for a bagel and cream cheese for Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Wait, seriously? I literally post about it every day. I was like, this is ridiculous. The fact that it costs so much money to just eat here. Um, and like yeah. normal things. It's... I wasn't going to like, you know. But I bet it's uh, less expensive off the strip. Like if you went to a Dunkin' Donuts, like a mile away from the strip, two miles. I bet you would be sure. total normal prices. Oh, for sure. I mean, even in the, it wasn't until the last day at the convention where we found out that the Paris booth was giving out free waters um, the whole weekend. <laughs> and I, I was, was like, like smuggling uh, in like a 32 ounce water bottle. But you had to because it was, it was $7 for a bottle of water that was 12 ounces. I know. I paid $7 for a bottle of sun chips and a bottle, a bag of sun chips. And, um, it was worth it at that moment. <laughs> it, well, of course it is because it's like you're dehydrated, you're hungry, like you need something. But it's like, I don't, I feel like when I was in New York the year before, like I didn't feel price gouged as much. I mean, I'm in New York City for God's sake. I could go get a deli and get a sandwich for 12 bucks, you know, or like a pizza if I wanted to. Um, yeah, you're I right. didn't feel, Vegas I, is unusually expensive. I mean, and the drinks were even kind of expensive too. I mean, I know there's ways around it with the gambling and stuff, but like it just, it, the venue was perfect. It's the outside. I was like, ah, oh God, like my flight was cheap. My hotel was super cheap, um, but I made up for it. I just trying to keep my sustenance. <laughs> well, I felt like I needed a sensory deprivation tank after every oh, time I left. Yeah. There was like too many lights, too many smells, too many sounds. I would close my eyes and it still wasn't enough to... What hotel, what hotel did you stay at? I was at Caesars. Oh, okay. Well, at least you're at Caesars. Um, we stayed at the link, which was fine. But, um, you know, it's a long weekend. It's a long weekend. No, I was like, I need a comfortable bed. Yeah. I don't need much else, yeah. but I need a comfortable bed. Yes. Well, we also had three other people in our room too, so... Anyway. Yeah, that's a lot. I could, yeah, <laughs> yeah, then you'd get no break from anything. No, it, it, it's a it's a very um, 
like you said, I mean, it's just a very intensive weekend. You're just constantly going to panels and events and meet and greets and saying hi to people and, you know, especially, especially being us, you know. Oh, yeah. You everybody. know, people know who we are. Everyone just knows us. So we're just walking around <laughs> saying hello, hi, hi, hi. Um, yeah, I think more people know you. I don't have that many followers, but it was really lovely to actually meet people who listen to the podcast. That was really fun because it's, yes. you know, I record it. I put it out. I don't really follow my analytics very much. I don't really kind of yeah, know yeah. other than the people that regularly DM me who I talk to sure. or love talking to. I don't yeah. know the other listeners. Like if you've never DM'd me if you just listen. I don't know who you are. Right. I don't know anything about you. And like they all end up being so cool. That's I'm what just you want. like that's what, you're that's what you're trying to find always. The good yeah, people they're are just, fun to talk I'm to like, about. I'm a though. huge dork and like these people are cool. Listen. <laughs> that's how it should be. That is. That is. Well, it's fun to meet people through this community. I think that's the best part of the community. Is that you meet really cool people that you wouldn't meet otherwise that live in different cities that have different kinds of jobs that have different backgrounds that you they're different ages than you, you know, and yes, yes, and have different opinions than you. And it's it's fun. And that's the way I like to keep my Bravo community. Yes, fun, light and fun. <laughs> yes. Okay, thank you so much for everything, Brett. Thanks, Mandy.